I think people are under the misconception that if they see something once, that they got it. It's no. like, not to oversimplify, but you can't go to the gym over a weekend and work out like crazy and expect to be in good shape for the rest of your life. Welcome, everybody, to the Chris Harder Show, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success, knowing that when good people like you make good money, they can then do great things. My name is Chris Harder, and several times per week, I will bring you epic guests, solo episodes, and every single tool, trick, and skill set you need to grow your business, grow your money mindset, and to grow your wealth to levels that you have never reached before. I've ended up in a unique place in life where I've got the experience, the connections, and all of the secrets that it takes to be successful. And I'm lifting the curtain to reveal it all to you in an effort to help put you in a position of abundance so great that you can then be as generous as possible. So let's lock arms and let's get started. Hey, everybody, welcome back to The Chris Harder Show, where we absolutely believe that both prosperity and generosity can and must coexist today you are in for a treat because we are sitting down with our dear friend, Dean Graciosi. Now, this has become a tradition, bringing you this interview. And here's why. I really want to frame this for you. This is why it turns out so good each time, the conversation. You see, Dean and his wife, Lisa, and their kids, they go back to the small town in upstate New York where Dean is from, where his dreams once started, where he was born and raised and had to shatter limiting beliefs and naysayers to become the man and the success story that he is today. He goes back there to experience that for summers at a beautiful, beautiful property that they have back there. Lori and I do the same thing. We come back here to Wisconsin, where we are from, where we once were dreamers and had to figure out how to become the people that we are today and, and you know, get away from any naysayers and find the courage and, and build the muscles to do what we do and, and, and have what we have. And we come back here so we can face that and be reminded where we're from and, and what we had to do to get where we are today. And so we coordinated each year, each summer, to do this podcast. And to have that reflection and to check in on, hey, what limiting beliefs did we each have to overcome? Whose advice did we have to ignore? Whose advice did we have to take? Who did we have to become inside? What fears did we have to step through? What were we most afraid of that held us back right when we were just starting to get restless and say, damn it, we want a different life than what most people live? So Dean goes to his summer property. We go to our summer property. We get on Zoom and we just ham it out the way we would at dinner. And it's become a really cool tradition for you to listen in on and be inspired by and, and learn from. And at the end, he's going to talk about how he and Tony pay it forward five days every year, totally free, no strings attached, no catch. They pay it forward every year for five days, teaching for like three hours a day for totally freaking free. Now, if you want to attend that, it starts August 1st. All you have to do is go to future350.com in order to be able to participate in that five-day Own Your Future workshop for free. Again, go to future350.com. That is future350.com. That's how you get to participate in it for free. Toss your email in there. Jump on the five days of training from Dean, from Tony. I think this year they invited in our friend Jim Quick to teach. They invited in Trent Shelton to teach. They invited in Shalene Johnson to teach. Like all the greats. 
They just get together and they say, for five years for free, we're going to pay it back. We're going to give it back and we're going to blow everybody's minds. Telling you, whether it's your first time jumping on their five-day training for free or whether you've done it before and you need that checkup, that oil change, so to speak, that that re-engagement, that kick in the rear that you once felt a year ago when you jumped on, you kind of forgot how motivated you are. Whatever your personal reason is for wanting to learn from the world's greatest and not have to pay for it for once, then go join it. Future350.com, future350.com. All right, guys, listen up, take some notes. It's like being a fly on the wall as we get together and reminisce about how we started out as kids in small towns with big dreams, but big fears that went along with them and what we had to overcome in order to succeed. I hope you enjoy it. Here we go. Dean, our friend, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing amazing. Good to see you too. Good to see you. Welcome to the show. So welcome, welcome. Here we are. Just like last summer, I don't know if you remember, we were both at our respective lake homes or or, or country summer homes, homes, yeah. Trying to get a dose of green because we live surrounded by brown <laughs> mountains and cactus most of the time. And just kind of going back to our roots, you know, this is where Lori and I grew up and you're close to where you grew up. And there's something so special about going back to create those memories. But there's one memory, there's one specific thing I saw this weekend that I want to start by asking you about. And that is, I saw you post a post about taking Luca, your son, fishing. And I commented below it. I said, you know, I have memories from when I was Luca's Mm -hmm. age of my dad waking me up early in the morning dragging me out into the boat Mm -hmm. and taking me fishing. And I still remember those today. And the reason why I want to start by asking about that is that's freedom. I mean, let's be honest. You've never been busier. You have more projects going on than you've ever had. You're swinging for the fences when you don't have to. You're running multiple, multiple massive companies at once. And you're still taking your son fishing. What does that level of freedom mean to you? I know you guys know the answer and everybody listening, you already feel the answer. It's worth dying for. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally in my life, it's worth dying for. We all have our story. We all have our past. And first off, before we get started, I want to say to you too, I appreciate you so much. I appreciate what you're doing for the world, watching you guys grow, watching the impact that you're you're delivering is fantastic. And for those of you listening today, I know you can listen to a million other podcasts. Spend 45 minutes or so with us. I promise you, you'll you'll leave with something that sparks. But here's what I want to share. Take what serves you, throw the rest, rest away. And But if something, you feel something, it's a spark, I'm just going to challenge you to go implement it. Go do it. Go get disturbed. Go blow the dust off that dream you once had that you stuffed in the closet and just think maybe someday. Just do something today. And then it's worth all of us taking this time together. But back to that, what does it mean we all have the reason that we work hard, right? We're either running away from something painful or we want to run towards something bigger and better. That's just a fact of life. It's why any of us do anything. And I still am that broke kid from this little town. In fact, if you're watching the video, most of you are going to listen to the audio. Behind me out these windows, right behind there is the pond where I caught catching fish every night with my son, Luca. As a kid, my parents in this little town were married nine times between the two of them. We moved 20 times. We didn't have money. We lived in the only trailer park in this in this community, right? Until we were evicted from it because my mom's three jobs couldn't even afford that. And I just remember as a kid, Chris and Lori, I remember, and you guys got your own memories. Everybody listening or watching has their own. But I remember my parents were a slave to making enough just to get by. 
So they weren't in control. They couldn't come to my little league games or take me as fishing as much as they wanted. Not their fault. They never learned a skill that gave them the financial freedom to be in control of their calendar, to own their calendar, to own their future, to own their decisions. They just didn't. And and you know what? The truth is, it's a blessing to me because if I didn't witness them not being in control, would I have fought so hard to be in control? Maybe not, right? So thank God that it wouldn't change any of it. My parents are both here with me in separate houses because they're still not together, but I got two houses. They're going to be in (laughs) separate houses. But what does it mean to me, Chris? The the answer is I would die for it. I love, you know, you guys know me on a personal level. I am working harder than ever before in my life. I'm putting more time in than ever before. We got a big challenge coming up August 1st. We have big outside projects. I help run Tony's company and my company and courses and training. We just did the big launch from Matthew McConaughey. We had 2.4 million people show up day one. It was insane, right? But none of it compares. The reason I do all that is so I can be in control of my decisions. When Luca, my little boy, he's down, I can see the house he's at. He's out actually playing on the yard. Tonight, he knows at three years old, if you said to him, when do the fish bite? And he said, of course, he'll say, of course, when the sun goes down. So I taught him when the sun goes down. So Chris, next time you see my boy, Luca or Lori, when you see him say, Luca, when do the fish bite? He'll go, when the sun goes down, of course. Right. So when the sun starts going down tonight, he'll walk up. If I'm up here working, which I'll be up here working most of the day, he'll walk up the hill and be like, yeah, we go on the boat. We go on the boat. I'm like, absolutely. I have video. I'm I'll send it to you separately of him walking, carrying the big tackle box and a pole, barely dragging him, right? But what does that mean to me is tonight when he does that, there is nothing or nobody that I have to answer to. It says, no, 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 you can't go right now. You got to finish that project. No, you got to stay late. No, 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 you got to go deliver this. That honestly, in my gut, guys, has become, that would be death to me. So how hard will I fight to be able to take Luca fishing or take my big kids to school every morning or take my pick them up from school or go to softball or catch for my daughter? What does it mean? It's my life. It's what I live for. And I do all the other things in my life that buy me that freedom so I can do the things that are life and death to me. Like if I had to go, sorry, Luca, my boss says, I can't do this right now. I'm sorry. Could you go back down? Maybe your mom will take you die first. I I might sound overly dramatic, but I happened to be in my little town where I grew up, where I felt lost. And I couldn't wait to get out of this town. Who would have thought in a million years, 24 years ago, 23 years ago, I left this town with no, I had no rear view mirrors and I, I busted the rear view mirrors off. I was going one direction. Like I heard a story once people don't do it anymore, but when I grew up, there was a lot of dogs on a leash with a dog house outside. You guys grew up in an area where you saw a lot of that, right? Where, yes. where we live now, dogs are part of your family. They sleep in your bed. When I was a kid, the dog was on a leash and you threw hay in in the winter when it was freezing and, mm-hmm. and it slept in there, right? Do you ever see a dog that didn't want to be on that? And if you let the dog go, never turn around. Just run a hundred miles an hour in the opposite direction. Like, get me off that leash. That's how I left this town 23 years ago. I got off the leash and never looked back. And now I come back here with a different frame of mind. I bought 25 acre farm. We got buildings and gardens and ponds and, and golf carts and fun stuff. But I fought for all of it so I could make that decision to be in control. And I think that's what we're all fighting for. It's why Tony and I, you know, do 
the trainings we do and the courses we do and the and the challenges we do. It's why we do an own, the own your future challenge once a year because we want to help people be able to own their decisions. I don't want to overcomplicate it, but the fact of the matter is, if you don't own it, if you don't own your choices, someone else gets to, and that's just mm-hmm. not acceptable. Amen. You are bringing up a lot of stuff for me because I feel like I relate to in in so many different ways whenever we get to drop in and chat. And you had just mentioned something about you wanted to get out of that town as fast as you possibly could. And what were some of the things that you recognized then? Like what were the mindsets that you, or the mindset that you had? What was the mindset of kind of the area, maybe your family that you knew you would have to go pull yourself out of in order to go and change it? And how did you do that? Because I feel like a lot of people might feel like, well, when it's my family, what do I do if I feel trapped? Or what if it's my town and I feel trapped? What do you say to them? You know that one. That's a hard one to unpackage in one. I do know that I might one. be here for four and a half hours. Yeah. <laughs> Pull up a chair. No, you know, here's the thing. I didn't go to college. I wasn't that good in high school. I barely got, I had really bad dyslexia. I worked in a collision shop and I started getting momentum and I had a collision shop. By the time I was 21, I had Dean Collision Center in this little town. I built the sign. I remember building the sign and I had some apartments and then I started buying raw land. I started getting momentum and I just knew, I don't want to oversimplify it, but I knew I was meant for something different. I don't want to say better. There's nothing wrong with being in a collision shop. I'm not saying, but I knew I was meant for something different, deeper, stronger, exponentially bigger, bigger impact, bigger success. Who the hell, you know, when you're coming from a tiny town and I was probably yeah. doing, by the time I was 25, I was doing better than most people in my town. Mm-hmm. I built my own house at 25 years old. It was the biggest house, most expensive house in this little town at 25 I built, right? Wow. But it wasn't, I just knew I was meant for something different. And this is in no way being critical. But my friends who stayed in this town and stayed in this environment, you only know, you're only the some total of your friends. I know that's been said a million times, but it's true. A lot of my friends were what's wrong and whose fault it is and get a job at the union. And that doesn't work out for guys like us. And we're, it's a very blue collar town, right? Great people, salt of the earth. But I knew that wasn't my destiny. And where I got lucky was two people in my life, a guy named Mark Miller. He owned the only winery in this town. He wasn't from this town. He was the most famous illustrative artist of the fifties and sixties. If you look at all the old romantic drawings, like if you ever saw a famous picture where a man's got a girl's pearls and he's pulling her pearls and he's giving her a kiss, it's a really romantic picture from the 60s. That's him. He drew all those for like Time and People Magazine and all that. And then in the midst of his career, his art was worth more in France. So he went and lived on a a a winery in France and, and just had this extravagant life and then came back to this beautiful little town bought a winery or built a winery and made it look like the one he stayed in in France. And I wanted to buy his property. And I went to him. He was probably 80 when I was 25. Wow. And I went to him and we sat on a bench and talked for two hours and became instant friends. And I went and saw him three, four days a week. I'd sneak up there to see him. He sold me two pieces of his property and he let me see through a lens of something way bigger than than this little town and these conversations. And then what I did, here's one more thing I want to tell you I did. So I had someone chirping in my ear on what's possible and he didn't come from money and he had a background like me and he had dysfunction. I'm like, wow, people screwed up. Who aren't that smart? At least that's what I felt can still do cool stuff. All right. And I was young enough to believe it, Lori. I was young enough to go, well, shit, if Mark did it, I can. Right. That's one. But then number two is this might seem counterproductive and some people will disagree with me. I spent more money than I should have at a younger age. 
I didn't buy Lamborghinis. I didn't buy the fancy that. car, but <laughs> I traveled. I went to Cannes. I went to Nice. I went to Italy. I would go, this is an hour and a half to New York City. I would go to New York City and I'd go to a, a restaurant that no way I should have been at that restaurant, way more expensive. And I'd valet my car and I'd go to a lounge after and I'd get a bottle and sit with some friends and just sit and have a bottle of wine and talk. And I sat there like I was somebody more important than I was, but I saw a glimpse of what's possible. And then you get around people who are a little more successful and they go, oh yeah, I was like you. I went bankrupt at 32. I'm like, bankrupt at 32? And you started over, shit, I'm only 25. Mm -hmm. I didn't go bankrupt yet. I'm no better than where you were. So I said, the two things is I had somebody that allowed me to dream. I uh, Three things. I knew I was meant for more. I had somebody that allowed me to dream. Yes. I didn't stay around just the same surroundings. In fact, a lot of my friends are like, why are you friends with that old dude? He's my dearest friend. He was such a great guy. And then I put myself in situations to see what's possible. At 26, I went to the Cannes Film Festival. And I just went and I stayed in a place and I remember just watching. I walked by, I saw all the boats and then I drove to San Remo, one, San Remo, Italy. And then on the other day, I drove to Saint Tropez. And in Saint Tropez, there's this big inlet where all the most, all the super wealthy people back in their monster yachts and then they land helicopter. I, I literally remember, I've never shared this before, Lori. So thank you for asking me this. Mm-hmm. But I remember looking at this yacht that looked like it was four miles long. It was just the longest. I was like, how did they park that? And every night, I was only there for two nights, but every night when the sun went down, all the help lined up with sabers and they'd all knock the top off of a champagne bottle at the same time. And then they'd all wow. stand there. They'd, they'd let the champagne just do an arch and fall on the huh. deck and they hosed it off. Oh my it was God. Beautiful like presentation every night. Oh and thinking, my. Each of those bottles could buy me a week's worth, right? And I just remember thinking, man, it what's possible? And mm-hmm. so th- those three things. And then the fortunate part for me is, you know, when I, the same industry we're both in is what filled every part of my soul as it, what I left here. The last thing I'll say, I left here and went all in on this industry because I did buy Tony Robbins course and I saw how successful he was. And I said, mm-hmm. could I get successful? that successful by helping other people. Like talk about magic. Like you want to sell, I'm looking at a grill and I'm looking at, you know, chairs and tables. You could sell a lot of stuff and be wealthy and successful. But imagine sharing is what I felt. Imagine being able to share just stuff you learn to help people, you empower them and they pay you. Like imagine getting wealthy for impacting lives. When that, that got in my soul, life was never the same. You're showing me, and through a lot of other interviews we've done, there truly is a formula. Everything that you share is exactly how people got uh, got out of their situations. Like the three things you said is how we got out of our situations. And then what's possible with, or just better questions. Like the fact that once you start getting around those people, and when you took Tony's course, and when you got into that arena, it was like, what are these people asking themselves? And so making it possible in that way, I love that. Uh, yeah, I want to kind of keep you at this point in your journey, right? So here you're you're looking out, you're saying, what's possible? Mm-hmm. Here's the course, here's the roadmap. What did you have to sacrifice or what did you have to risk at that point? Because a lot of people, they see the possibility. They are they're listening to the podcast right now. Mm-hmm. They they know where you came from, they know where Lori came from. I drove past the shipyard yesterday that my dad worked at, you know, back here. They know where we came from. They know that where we ended up. 
but sometimes they don't know what we had to risk or sacrifice. Mm. So right in the invisible, the invisible is the sacrifice. Yeah. I have to tell you the older I get, the word that really hits home is the invisible, the things that we do, you do in the invisible that no one ever sees. And that's, that's how I, I hear it. So what did I have to give up? Everything. The truth is I had to give up everything. When I decided to do an infomercial 27 years ago, because it was before the internet. So now I was going to do, I was going to enter this industry. I was going to sell what I know, create a course. There was no internet. So I had to film an infomercial. I had to buy product and put it in the warehouse. I had to get a call center. I had to do all these things, customer service, all of this, because it wasn't like just download my e-course or my ebook or, or my online training or my virtual coaching. Look at us. We're, we're in completely different states. We can jump on a Zoom and coach and chat with each other, right? That, none of that existed in 1996 when I was thinking to get started, right? 97. So I had to use every dollar I had and I had to borrow money to get going. So what did I have to give up? First off, my sister drove from Virginia to New York, seven hour drive, nonstop to sit me down like an intervention and say, enough, Dean, enough. She's like, we're all proud of you. We know what you did. You have done better than any Graziosi in this town. You have your own house, you have this, and now you're going to lose everything. I don't care what debt you have. You figure out how to just stop and figure out how to pay the debt and get back to what you know. Stop it. Like she looked at me, she was, Dean, stop it. My dad told me I was insane and didn't talk to me for almost a year. Mm, Wow. Um, I moved to Arizona. Truth is, I was in a relationship here. The person I was in a relationship with, it didn't work out because I moved to Arizona to get this started. I was going back and forth and she didn't want to come. Relationship ended. So what what did you give up? Because that is such a, so that point for me is where if I was listening to you and I was my past self thinking like, Okay, your dad or and your sister, like these very, very influential people are telling you that you're crazy. Where did you have to go to like to get, still take that to step? Still do it. Like you know where? Did you, why did you believe you could do it? Was it because one of the greatest things I learned was if I do what other people do, I will get what other people have. Oh my dad has never made more than thirty thousand dollars in a year. He was married five times. He was miserable. He fought with his neighbors, fought with his friends. He had eleven brothers and sisters that he didn't talk to. He didn't talk to his dad when his father died. He was broke. He was he caused me to have an ulcer when I was twelve years old because he was so mad at the world. He didn't physically hit me, but he tortured us because he hated his life. So if I listened to my dad, I would get what my dad had. If I listened to Mark Miller, the guy who was an artist who lived an abundant life or my friends in New York City, I have the chance of living in a life of freedom and joy and abundance. I will take the risk of freedom, joy, and abundance than the definitive, definitive outcome of being my father. Yes. (laughs) That is so good. Yes. I'm so glad that you shared what you're willing to risk, what you're willing to sacrifice. Like I said, Mm -hmm. when I opened that question, this will hold everybody back. They won't Mm -hmm. risk that relationship that you referenced. They won't risk that savings. They won't risk going into debt. They won't sacrifice, you know, what their family thinks of them. And those are the, sometimes the very chains that keep them exactly where they're Mm -hmm. at. Chris, I got something I have to share. And I've shared this before, so, but I have to share it again. And, And I don't care if I share it a million times. I've asked people, so think of that. Th- think of some of the things you said. My, my father's respect, right? My sister thinks I'm crazy. My friends thought I was nuts. I financially seemed like a dumb move. I was starting in something. I, I had to borrow money. Think of all those things. And I ask people like, label them on a one to 10 on how scary that is. 
everybody always say in my life, oh, that was a, that's a 10. That's a 10. My, my friends will think I'm crazy. That's a 10. My parents will look down on me. That's a 10. What if I lost the money I had? That's a 10. I said, okay, that's a 10. Now let's pretend it's the end of your life. And you stayed in that small town. You never took a risk. You ended up exactly like your father, exactly like your mother. You ended up miserable. You were sad. You were on antidepressants. You were 70 pounds overweight because you just didn't care about life and you didn't care that you were getting diabetes. You didn't care you were sick. And you're at the end of your life and you, you die and you meet your maker and you get to see the man or the woman you could have been. You watch a video, you see an, a snapshot of who you could have been if you mm-hmm. took that bold move. At that point, that's not a 10, that's a 10,000, yeah. right? Yeah. Like that's, that's the worst on the planet. Your only wish would be, could I go back and do it again? Yeah. And when I ask people that, and I now go back and say, now go back, uh, what was that again with your friends? You might look stupid in front of your friends. Like it's mm-hmm. a one, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Screw my friends, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's all perspective. It's what set of glasses do you want to wear today? Do you want to take a little bit of a gamble today to live into the man or the woman God designed you to be or you're meant to be? Or do you want to just, because if we don't do anything different, we can surely predict our future. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are waiting for some form of permission, permission from their family, from their friends. How do you just give yourself permission? Is it through just really in, like hunkering down on that pain that you're describing or what did you do? Yeah, you're you're really good because you get it. Because <laughs> if I talk to people who are like, um, way more emotionally intelligent than me. That's what I'll say. I, I think I'm pretty emotionally intelligent, but people who have like transcended it, like, no, no, you want to focus on that ideal outcome in a peaceful place and not disturb your soul. People I feel are more aligned than me and I'm not making fun of them. I hope to get there someday. For me, I heard Tom Bilyeu said it once, I had to go to the dark side. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I just didn't want to be my dad. Mm-hmm. Like if I want to be broke, working on cars the rest of my life, making $37,000 a year, can't keep a relationship, don't grow into the man I want to be. My dad was the smartest kid in his school. His sister got a perfect, first person in the state of New York, my aunt, the first person in the state of New York to get a 100 on her SATs. My father's side is just insanely intelligent. My dad, still to this day, 87, is the smartest guy I've known. He's had dreams. He's He's literally drawn up 20 or 25 patents over the last 50 years, and all of them are good and has never done anything. He's written six books that he's never tried to publish. My dad is this frustrated, super intelligent dreamer, but because he left the cap on his life, he lives through the lens of frustration and angst. When he talks about my dad right now, will literally look at me and apologize and start crying, or he'll, he'll start crying all the time now. And we're in a really good space, but literally he'll look and go, I'm so proud of what you've done. And I, I, deep down, I knew you were right, but I was just too scared. And he'd start crying. He cries all the mm-hmm. time at 87. He's getting towards the end of his life. It's got to be realistic. He is littered with guilt. He is mm-hmm. littered with regret. And I hope he can get most of it out before he closes his eyes for the last time. And he has regret because he held back. He let someone else tell him, you're not smart enough. And you're from a small town. It takes money to make money. It'll never work. 
bullshit. I was not going to be that man. So you want to say what got me off the couch? Listen, you know how many times I was like, you're an asshole, Dean. You're a freaking jerk. You risked all your, I know you guys have felt the same way. You mm-hmm. risked all your money. It went sideways. What if you lose it all? You're going to start from, and and I I literally have yelled at myself and punished myself and said, why would you, you should just go get a job. You're not really an entrepreneur. You think you are. I've had all those horrible conversations with myself. And then 18 minutes later, I go, I'm glad to get that out. Now can we get back to who we really are, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're, you're a walking, living example that you don't have to stay where you're determined to stay. Lori, you're the same mm-hmm. thing. I like to think that I am. Mm-hmm. Tony Robbins is certainly an example Absolutely. of that as well. One of your best friends in the world and, and your business partner. You guys take several days out every single year to help shake people by the shoulders and not let them have that regret. And some listen, some don't, but you never stop trying. Is that because of the life that you've been gifted? You feel like you have to pay it back? Like, why do you and Tony take these days out of your schedule to give back for free in the form of the challenge? Yeah, it's in, it, it seems crazy, but for that exact reason, I'll be really transparent. Year one, Tony and I have been friends for a decade. Yeah. And I decided I wasn't going to ever do business with Tony because every time I was with him, everybody wanted to do business with him. Mm ah, we could do this. If I could email your list. And I'm like, man, I just want to thank this guy. 27 years ago, he changed my life. So Mm -hmm. I just decided no business. I golf twice a year, both times with Tony. I go to his house a couple of times a year. He comes to mind. We talk every night. We leave each other a voice memo. We've been doing it for a decade. And I said, no business. I'm fine. I don't need to do business with him. He doesn't need to do business with me. Let's just be friends. But about seven years ago, six years ago, we were on our once, twice a year golf trip. We were golfing. And he said, what if we did do business? What would we do? Mm. And we just came to the determination that Jim Rohn helped change Tony's life when he paid $47 to go to his event. Mm. Tony changed my life when I bought his course. And we just said, why don't we help other people find freedom, joy, control, passion, purpose through the same industry we're in, Dean? We were talking about the tens of millions of meals we donated and the the children we were able to help through slavery and millions of dollars for this and millions of dollars for that and, and building schools in Africa. And he's planting trees and he's, I mean, he's heading towards a billion, or he just passed a billion meals. Like we got to do all this through helping others with our own life experience. He started off teaching what he learned from Jim Rohn. I started off teaching what I learned from him. So once we saw that, Talk about a next level purpose. Let's leave this world better because someday he's going to be gone. Someday I'm going to be gone. But if we can help others extract what they know and pass it on, that's why we started doing this. So I'm going to pull back the curtain completely. We decided to create a course and help people. Year one, five years ago, we created a course called the Knowledge Business Blueprint. Mm-hmm. And it was the biggest, if you guys remember, it was the biggest launch in the mm-hmm. history of the world, like by 10. It was a monster launch. And we did about three hours of training and everybody loved it. And they went crazy and it sold like crazy. And three hours, we were done. And what did Tony and I do? I get 800,000 people showing up the next year. And we're like, if 800,000 people are coming, this is Tony's exact words. He said, brother, is three hours enough to change their life? Mm. Three days enough? I said, no, probably not. He said, two, two and a half hours a day, five days. What do you think? I said, we leave them better and we found them no matter what. Mm-hmm. If they decide to work with us, amazing. We hope everybody does. But if not, they leave with a deeper purpose, with insight, with clarity, with knowing they're meant for more and how to achieve more. So the truth is, we don't need to do five-day challenges to sell something. We do five-day challenges to get back to the world and deliver people a, a, 
opportunity to lead better than we found them. To that mm-hmm. point, can you give an example or two of real tangible change that you remember making for somebody who's been on those challenges? Oh, I, I, just just three days ago, I got a, I have a picture in my phone. I think I ran into this woman, and now we have people in over a hundred countries, tens of thousands at this point. It's it's become a movement, right? Because we're doing it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Tony doesn't need the money. I don't need like I'm not saying I love business. Please, no, I'm a, I'm a I'm an entrepreneur. I love business. I love comp. I love that we, between Tony and I, we employ 400 people. I love all of that. But what drives us is people's lives. So this woman, she, I met a woman. She's a Chinese immigrant. English is her second language. Two and a half years ago, lost her job down to nothing. Didn't know what she was going to do with her life. She saw the opportunity to come to the Own Your Future Challenge 2021. Mm-hmm. She saw it online. She just didn't even know what it was for. She signed up figuring I'm a Chinese immigrant. I, I'm here. I lost my job. What the heck could I share? And over those five days, we showed her on day one that she is enough. She knows enough. And she could do this if she knew where to start, that this industry is the perfect time because of the opportunity to be communicating with everybody, that people are making it cool to buy a course, to have a coach where it wasn't 25 years ago. This industry is at a billion dollars a day. So day one, and then Tony comes on day one and just destroys old limiting beliefs. Like I love watching Tony day one for me. To this day, I still watch day yeah, one. I sit alongside of him, yep. like literally like writing like crazy, right? And he's my partner. So we destroy limiting beliefs. Day two, we identify what you could be sharing with other people. What life experience do you have that's valuable and who wants it? Day three, we teach how to serve and sell through love and through service, not through some cheesy sales tactic. Day four, how to lay out your curriculum. And day five, how it all comes together. Anyway, I run into her. She gets tears in her eyes. She goes, this is my dream. Can I take a picture with you? And I figured, oh, maybe she sold a course or two. Now, I don't say it. If it, I'm going to tell you what she told me. And she's sending our team the documentation. In the last 12 months, she's collected $1.8 million. What? Come on. Helping women become coaches. Wow. Oh. And she was in tears. And, and, and here's the best part. She was at my office. She came in. We invited her over to the office. She said, do you with her with her Chinese accent? She's so sweet. She gets on the whiteboard like a freaking boss. She's like, hey, we, we do this free training. And then she draws a value ladder. Yeah. She goes, we do a free training. And then we bring them in for a $1,000 three-day event that blows their mind. And just like you taught me, Dean, deliver everything for that thousand bucks. But at the end of the three days, some of them go, hey, I'd want more of a mentor. I want one-on-one. So she's, we offer a $10,000 full immersive certification program for six months. She's like, we've done eight, $1.8 million in the last 12 months. And next year, I think I can get to 5 million bucks. Wow. Like, okay. Those five days are worth it. Cause that's only that her name is Hui Hui. If I say it right, it's like we, it's H-U-I-H-U-I. She said, Hui Hui. And I'm like, we're doing it for Hui Hui, Hui Hui this, yeah. this time. Right. And we're doing it for all of the, the same people. And it's just, that's why we do it. I want to point something out about that story though. Mm-hmm. If she didn't show up to the five day challenge, that probably wasn't even on her radar, much less. No, she said she had no clue. She like, said, I just trusted you. And, she said, I saw you and Tony and I trust you guys because I had listened to some of your stuff in the past and I just went. Mm-hmm. That's the importance of showing up these things. That Number one, they're freaking free other than the time you invest. Mm-hmm. And number two, you don't know what you don't know. And this is one of the most important concepts in life. Mm-hmm. We all have blind spots. 
you can't know something until you know it. And when you get on for a few days and you have that moment, I call it that popping moment, something pops for you. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you're exposed to something you didn't even think about a minute ago. That becomes, in her case, that $1.8 million idea or even $180,000 idea mm-hmm. or even- or 18000 right? Yeah, even, even $1,800 a month extra idea that would change the heck totally. out of people's lives. Yeah, Chris and I have had major, major breakthroughs from different Tony Robbins things that we have taken and obviously listening to you as well. But I can literally track back some of our biggest breakthroughs, which Dean, I I, I want everybody listening to know these drop-ins every year or even more than that, obviously, for personal development, for these different challenges that you guys host. I always get, if I could look at my trajectory, the last 15 years of personal development, it's like every single one gives me like one nugget that really changes oh, something here. for me and unlocks a little bit more. Same so here. I can remember specifically times at different Tony Robbins events where all of a sudden you get in a room and when somebody is up there or a lot of people are up there and talking, and I know that the events are always so many different you know, people and being able to see the comments and all that fun stuff. When you see other people doing it, something happens in your brain. It just unlocks for you, especially when you see someone who looks like you or comes from the same background as you. And you're like, if they did it, what, why is this not possible for me? That's why I love that you guys do these is it's, it it may not be that thing that's just like, whoa, after this, everything's open. Mm -hmm. But I think it's really important to have these things keep unlocking one by one. I couldn't agree more. And I have to tell you, after year one, it's a heavy lift doing five days. And after year one, after the first year, and then we, we do one on the self-education industry, what we're, we're doing for Own Your Future is how to, how to get in this industry and how to be a part of it. And then we do one with Tony separately on personal development. So that's 10 days just between those heavy lifts. And each year we're like, should we do it again? This might mm-hmm. be our last year. And the way, as long as people still keep turning out, you know, yeah. our last event with McConaughey was 2.3 million. The one before that was 1.3 million. Is if people are still turning out, we'll do it. If people get to a point where they're like, nah, I got it. Like that, that is the thing. You know, I think people are under the misconception that if they see something once, that they got it. It's no. like, like not to oversimplify, but you can't go to the gym over a weekend and work out like crazy and expect to be in good shape for the rest of your life. I remember somebody said something to me once. And he said a guy was asking him advice. He said, What should I do about this thing? And he said, well, what did you do with the first bit of advice I gave you six months ago? Oh, nothing. He said, then why would I give you a second bit of advice? Mm -hmm. And it's kind of that same thing. Like we, we say, oh, it's that thing with Tony and Dean. No, it's brand new this year. It meets people where they are today. We're going to show you how to use AI to, to get off the blank page, but not expect it to do all your work for you. Like there are things that have changed in the world. And Tony and I are at the forefront of this. And maybe last year didn't work for you. This is your year. Maybe you're done waiting for that thing to come through. That's never going to come through. Maybe you're done waiting for permission by your friends and family. Maybe you're waiting not to give yourself permission. Like whatever you are waiting for, this might be the year. And it's the reason we continue to do it. And when we see year after year, the success that we have, it just, it drives us to keep going. Mm-hmm. I, I, I call them tune-ups, right? I teach mm-hmm. everybody that asks me, Hey, how do I you know, get better in business? How, how do I you know, increase my chances of success? I say, you've got to get to either an in-person or a virtual event mm-hmm. every 60 to 90 days. You can't yeah. do those tune-ups on your own. Just like I can't tune up my cars on my own. You need somebody else to go speak life into you. You need someone else to change the oil, so to speak, to give you those new spark plugs, to spark new ideas. 
And you yeah. got to go in for that tune up every 69. This is a chance for people to sign in for five days and do it mm-hmm. right from home if they don't have the luxury of traveling the way other people do. One more quick thing is we do do these for free. And this year we were literally going to charge 47 bucks just so people, and we were going to donate it to charity, but just so people commit. And what I want to share with you, just because it's free, don't devalue it. This is Tony Robbins has a waiting list of people who want to give him a million dollars a year. He gets being transparent. He gets hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars just for a 90 minute presentation or a three hour presentation. Day one, Jim Quick, I think he gets a hundred grand a speech. Day two, Jay Shetty, he gets over a hundred grand a speech. Trent Shelton, I think he gets around the same amount. Shalene Johnson, I mean, just because it's free, don't devalue it. It's because Tony and I have built financial equity. We built karma equity. Like we we know these people. We've done things to them. We love them. We adore them. And what we've done, like this should be a ten thousand dollar event. So like at least a thousand dollar event. So please, just because it's free, don't discredit it. Like I, I know you guys we have a link set up for everybody at future350.com. Future350.com. Write that down. Go register, reserve a spot. But when you're done, literally write in your in your journal or on your in your phone, right? I paid a thousand dollars for this event. Let me plug it in. I can't miss it. And that's that's the urgency you should have when you attend this. Yeah. Yeah. You should pretend in your mind that you paid a thousand, even though it's free, because then maybe you'll show up and you'll pay attention. You know, there's always that saying, you got to pay to pay attention. Yeah. And people, like you said, sometimes discount things when they're free. They have to understand this is an act of kindness. This is an act of service. All the individuals are participating. You know, we're we're all in that friend's circle and we know how much it means to them to show up and and deliver on behalf Mm -hmm. of you and Tony, because you built up that reciprocity. So they want to give their all and serve you guys by serving the audience. These things don't just happen. These things don't just appear and materialize. This is a rare, rare opportunity to plug in and either discover knowledge you don't have or get a tune-up on knowledge that you forgot that you had because of the fact that everyone's willing to pitch in and do this. You can't miss this kind of thing. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree. And I appreciate you guys so much. Everybody listening today, I hope you got something that sparked an emotion, a thought about your past, about your future, about watching that story that creeps in, that all that creeps into all of our lives about your past and what your what your opportunities are and what your outcomes are. And and I think there's nothing better than being around like-minded people who let you realize that anything's possible and at any time in your life, and it's never too late, and your past doesn't determine your future. All the things you've heard a hundred times, a thousand times, ten thousand times. But are you actually living it? I, I love that. We need these tune-ups just to remind us what's possible. Listen, I've I've failed miserably. I've had many sleepless nights, just like the both of you. I've almost gone broke twice. And I wouldn't change one bit no. of any of it because I also know people that took the supposed safe route. And when COVID came, they lost their job. They had the same amount of stress. They had the same amount of worry. And they wasted 20, 30 years without having the same amount of freedom or their or control of their own decisions. Yep. Mm. So August 1st through August 5th, it's the free Own Your Future Challenge. All they have to do is go to future350.com. That's future350.com. Sign up. That's the link to get it for free. And uh, Dean, any closing push or closing encouragement for somebody to take this serious? Yeah, just we have a huge demographic. It's not all of it. 40% are men, but we have a huge demographic of 60, 62% women. And our most successful students are women. So men, we got to step up. So you guys got to show up just to step up. But so many of them, 
will come and end up being in our programs and I get to meet them and they all have mm. a common thread. I knew I was meant for more, but I didn't think I was enough. Mm. I didn't think I knew enough. I didn't think I was, I had enough. I yep. didn't know where to start. So therefore I didn't. And I found myself living life for other people, for my children, for my spouse, for my significant other, for my boss, for my coworkers. Mm. And the big message is thank you for letting me see that I am enough. Yeah. And then I can do this. And I just want to say, whether it's coming to the Own Your Future Challenge or anything, go learn from somebody who's already been where you want to go. Yes. And then take the most uncomfortable, boldest action you possibly can to follow that because you are enough. You know enough. And life is too short to settle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. You're, you're a real one. You're one that has been there, done that, and, that, and you give back. That's why Lori and I love and appreciate you so much. Mm-hmm. So grateful. You're always such a reminder for me, especially on this particular podcast of just life is so cyclical and you have to get back. You have to get back on the horse. You have to get back up there. It's worth fighting for every single time. And I think people forget that, that no matter where you're at, you kind of go through these cycles where you have to go plug back in. You have to go get around the people. You have to go and be on these different things to, to remember, or it's really easy to forget. So future350.com. Dean, thank you, brother, for being on. It means the world that you're willing to take some time and, and just come help inspire and motivate everybody. Thank you. Uh, thank you, you so, so much. Enjoy your summer. I can't wait for us to connect the next time and have dinner. Let's make sure we get that on the books. And everybody, I'll see you on August 1st. Appreciate you. Until next time. Bye, everyone. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.